Certainly we're grateful to God for each of you who've come to share with us this morning. For those of you who are sharing with us virtually, we say welcome. We praise God for you as well. And we thank God for his goodness and his kindness and his mercy to each and every one of us on today. Isn't it just good to be alive one more day? Isn't it good to be alive just one more day? Just another day that the Lord has kept us, that he's allowed us to see. And we're thankful for his goodness and his kindness towards us. We're going to the word of the Lord quickly here. If you will follow us, we will be in Joshua chapter 6, a very familiar passage of scripture. We'll be looking at verses 1 through 5. Again, that's Joshua chapter 6. And we'll be looking at verses 1 through 5. We pray that you'll go with us. Today we want to talk about our thought for this morning is a victorious mind. A victorious mind. I thought that was an important idea or concept to renew within ourselves. Certainly over the, the past year and a half or so, it seems like we've been beaten down with life, with tragedy, with the virus, with so many other things that have come to attack not only what we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis, but also our mindset in terms of how we relate to God, how we relate to ourselves, how we relate to our destiny. And I think it's incumbent upon us, it's important for us to maintain a victorious mind. And I want to examine that through the lens of Joshua chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. If you have that, if you'll stand as we'll read that. Joshua chapter 6, verses 1 through 5, and we'll be reading from the English Standard Version. So our version may look a little different than yours. Joshua chapter 6, verse 1 reads, Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. Thus shall you do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout and the wall of the city will fall down flat and the people shall go up everyone straight before him. Heavenly Father, Lord, touch us in these few destiny moments. Lord, allow our mind, our heart and our spirit to be open and receptive to what you have to say to us through your word. And Lord, do not allow us to leave this encounter the same way that we came in Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated. A thought, again, for this morning is a victorious mind. Now, when we look and examine this particular story, when we look at the story of Jericho and we look at how Israel's behavior was relative to Jericho, we understand, first of all, that this being the first few chapters of Joshua has just been God's turnover of Israel from command and the leadership of Moses to the leadership of Joshua. When he turned leadership over to Joshua, he's told, he told Joshua, he said, as I was with Moses, so shall I also be with you. And I just want to remind somebody this morning that God is yet with you. Through the pandemic, through the storm, through the trial, through whatever you're facing right now, God is yet with you. So Joshua, in encumbering upon Canaan, going into the land of that had been promised to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob, God's land of promise, they run into Jericho, a fortified, heavily walled city, a city full of mighty men of valor, full of men of war. And when they encounter it, God gives unto Joshua and the people a strategy, a simple strategy that he desires for them to meet out with relative to his word. In other words, he wanted them to be obedient and to follow his instructions. He gives them certain instructions as to how they are behave. He makes it very clear who is to participate, who is to do what, what they are to do, and on what day they are to do it. So verse 1 says, Joshua, Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. Israel was occupying the space outside of Jericho, and because of that, 
the people of Jericho could not get on, get outside. I want you to understand something that in having a victorious mind, you have to understand that victory requires resistance. I want you to say that with me. Victory requires resistance. It requires resistance. What are you winning if you did not have to fight? What did you overcome if there was no struggle? All of us want to win and all of us want to be victorious, but we don't want to struggle. We don't want to overcome anything. You're not winning anything if there is not resistance. Because if somebody just gives it to you, that's not victory. If they just hand it to you. But when you have to struggle for it, when you had to fight for it, a lot of you right now, you can identify with that because you've seen people who are in positions and they were just handed the position because they knew somebody or because they were kin to somebody. And oftentimes you don't respect people like that because they did not earn the position. Whereas people who had to work hard, who had to fight, who had to struggle, when they get the position, you have a greater amount of respect for them because they had to overcome something. And I came to tell you something that when we go out, even under the name of God, even under what God has told us will be ours, you're still going to have to struggle. You're still going to have to fight. You're still going to have to put on the whole armor of God because victory requires resistance. Jericho, the, the, the gate was shut. The walls were high. The, Israel had to understand that even though God had promised them the land, get this now, God promised them the land, but they still had to fight for it. I want you to get that into your understanding because I want you to develop this victorious mindset. God promised it to them. God said it is theirs, but yet they had to fight for it. Just because it's been promised to you doesn't mean you won't have to fight for it. I want to give that to you again. Just because it's been promised to you does not mean you won't have to fight for it. There are things you'll have to struggle for. That's why the Bible says, put on, take unto thee the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand in the evil day because you'll be able to quench the fiery darts. That means struggle. That, that means a fight is coming to you. That means a storm is coming against you. But despite that, you yet have to fight for that which God has already promised you. Says the kingdom of heaven suffered violence, but the violent take it by force. That means even those things that we have promised, we're yet in a position and prepared to fight for that which God has already promised us. Understand when you're taking things, the enemy's just not going to let you take his stuff. He's not going to just let you have it. There's going to be resistance. You're going to have to work for it. You're going to have to fight for it. That's something that we need to impart as parents and as Christians to, to those who are our children and to those who are new in the faith that just because God promised it to you does not mean you won't have to struggle for it. Does not mean you won't have to fight for it. Does not mean you won't have dreary days. Doesn't mean you won't have days where you feel discouraged. Does not mean you won't cry. Doesn't mean you won't cry, but just understand you might cry, but God still can wipe away all your tears. Doesn't mean you won't have to cry, but your weeping may endure for the night, but joy is coming in the morning. He's not promising you that you won't have to fight, that you won't have to struggle. What he's promising you is that through it all, I'll be right there with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm still right here. And I'm telling that to somebody this morning who feels abandoned, who feels like you're by yourself, who feels like the struggle is too much. I want you to understand that wherever you are, God is right there with you. You are not alone. Point at somebody, look at them in the eye and tell them you are not alone. We have to understand that you don't stop struggling just because the door is shut. You don't give up just because you encounter resistance. God is an expert at opening doors that are shut in our face. The writer in Revelation tells us that he tells us, uh, he said, I know your works. Behold, I have set forth before you an open door, which no one is able to shut. That means God, when God opens it, baby, nobody else can close it. Nobody else can shut it. You just have to keep holding on to God lead you to where he desires you to be. It's going to be resistance. There's going to be a fight. There's going to be a struggle. It's going to get hard sometime. 
You have to understand this. If you understand the life of David, David's life was in more jeopardy after he got anointed. You should think about that. There are more people trying to kill David after he got anointed. David had to flee from Saul after he got anointed. David had to run into the land of the Philistines and hide from the king after he got anointed. David had to sit up day and night worrying about Saul and his men coming after his life after he got anointed. Well, let you understand just because you're anointed doesn't mean you won't have to struggle, doesn't mean you won't have to fight. But again, remember, through it all, God is yet with you. Every once in a while, when it seemed like the fight was too much and the struggle was too hard for David, God would put him in a position where he had the ability to kill Saul, but he wouldn't allow him to do it. He was letting him know that even in the midst of your running, even in the midst of you fighting and struggling for your life, I'm still giving you the victory. And I want to let somebody understand that because what God was doing was dropping breadcrumbs for David to let him know that even in the middle of your struggle, in the middle of your fight, you are yet headed to victory. Because faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, the breadcrumbs of God's evidence was leading David to the conclusion that despite what it looks like right now, I am yet headed to victory. And I want you to understand that because when you look at your environment, it might not look good. It might look it might look poor. It might look like you're going down. It might look like you're you're in a frustrating place that you'll never come out of. But no matter what it looks like on the outside, you need to look with your faith. Because when you look with your faith, God will leave you evidence that you are headed towards victory. And I want somebody to understand that right now, despite what, how dreary it might look and appear on the outside, you're still headed to victory as long as you stay in God's position. As long as you do what God told you to do. See, what we have to understand is that when instead of focusing on strategy, this is what people who don't, don't have victory, who don't understand victory, People who don't understand victory, instead of focusing on strategy, they practice their excuses. Instead of focusing on strategy, they practice their excuses for not winning. Does anybody know? I know you know somebody like this. They, instead of talking about how they're going to pursue their goals, they'll give you excuses as to why they haven't achieved them. They'll give you excuses as to why they should give up. And in fact, if you allow some of these people in your lives, they'll do the same thing for you. They'll give you excuses not to achieve. They'll give you reasons not to pursue your goals. They'll give you reasons why you shouldn't pursue what God told you to do. You have to be careful because these people, they don't concoct strategies for success, but rather they strategize and talk and develop good excuses for failing. They always have an excuse. And I know you know somebody like that in your life. No matter what happens, no matter how well they may be set up, they always have an excuse for failing. What I'm telling you is that is not a victorious mindset. A victorious mindset doesn't focus on, on excuses for losing, but rather they're preparing strategies to win. Strategies to be victorious. Strategies to get up after they've fallen down. Strategies to do things differently than they did before to achieve the success that God has promised them. Think of Israel had gotten to Jericho and said, well, there's a wall. We might as well turn around and go back home. That's a big wall. We weren't expecting to encounter such a big wall. We weren't expecting to encounter such a large army with mighty men waiting for us. Waiting in the lurch, just just ambushing us, preparing to fight against us. If every time you've encountered adversity, if every time you encountered a storm, you turned around, you'd never get anywhere. You'd never be successful. You'd never get anywhere. In fact, when you're driving, there's always something happening. You get in your car and prepare to go on a trip, something's going to happen. It starts raining. Well, I might as well turn around. Uh, it's, it's so hot. I'm just, I'm just hot. Sun is shining too bright. I might as well turn around. Well, uh, I, I'm going to have to stop for gas two or three times to get there. I, I, I might as well just go back home. Oh, traffic is so bad. I, I don't want to sit in traffic. Why don't we just turn around and go home? 
There's always going to be pitfalls and adversity in your way. And if you turn around, you will never be successful. Victorious mindset expects resistance. It expects there to be people coming against you. And I want you to be like David. Understand that even after you're anointed, people are yet going to come for your life. People are yet going to come for your anointing. People are yet going to doubt you. People are going to tell you you can't make it. In fact, sometimes the voice of those who are screaming that you should not or screaming that you need to turn around seems to drown out the voice of those who are telling you that you can. But you cannot listen to the loudest voice just because they're loud doesn't mean they're right. Come on in here with me now. We seem to be in a in a particular climate that those who yell the loudest seem to be convinced that that they're correct, that they're right just because they're talking the loudest. But just because they're talking loud doesn't make them right. No matter what they're saying on the outside, I'm not listening to any voice that does not line up with what God told me. We have to be prepared to hear voices that are a contradiction to God, that contradict what God told you. So because I'm prepared for adversity, I am also prepared for those who will speak against me. I'm prepared for those who will say, I won't make it. So instead of preparing excuses as to why I'll fail, I'm going to prepare strategies so that I can win. Because that's a victorious mindset. Understand this also, when you give excuses, that's almost as if you're saying that this is too difficult for God. When you prepare an excuse, what excuse do you have not to reach your goal? What excuse do you have not to do what God told you? What excuse do you have to not be in the place that God said that you would occupy? Whatever that excuse is, when you lift up that excuse, you're suggesting that it is too difficult for God. And I ask you the question, is there anything too hard for God? Is there anything too hard for God? If there's nothing too hard for God, then why am I lifting up my excuses instead of lifting up my God? And my God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory. I'm telling you to have a victorious mindset. A victorious mind prepares for resistance. I want to let you know something else about victorious people. We have a victorious mindset. Victorious people are usually more quiet. They don't talk all the time. They don't have to do a lot of talking. They allow the vic- their mindset, they allow their position, they allow their understanding of God's strategy to speak for them. They don't have to do a lot of talking. In fact, I- I'll tell you what the word says here in verse 10. Joshua commanded the people, you shall not shout or make your voice heard. Neither shall any word go out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout. Then you shall shout. He's telling them, don't say anything. I need everybody. Joshua was saying, I need everybody to just shut up. Everybody. Stop talking. And he said, when I want you to shout, I only want you to speak when I told you to speak. See, now that'd be a problem. Can you imagine us today having a nation of people at war and we tell all of them, I need you all to be quiet for six days? <laughs> Can you imagine that? Because, see, you do that, you're going to have some people with some attitudes. I, I'm grown. You ain't, you, ain't, you ain't my mama or my daddy. You don't tell me when I can talk and when I can't talk. I don't know who you You might be the captain. You might be the leader. But you don't tell me when I can talk. I talk when I want to talk. Can you imagine telling hundreds of thousands of people to, to be quiet? And to not talk and, 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 and well, not, you can say it, but then expect them to actually do it. That's what happened here. All of you who are, are with us, all of you who are marching around the walls said, I want you to be quiet. Don't let a word come out of your mouth. That's what Joshua said. I want you to move. Get this in silence. I want you to move. I'm not telling you to be still. But I want you to make moves in silence. Victorious people can make moves in silence. They can make moves without telling everybody about it. 
Oh, oh, let me bring it here. They, they can make moves without posting it on Facebook. They can make moves without putting pictures on Instagram. They can make moves without gossiping and calling everybody on the phone, telling them what they're about to do or what they did or where they are about or where they're about to go. Victorious people with a victorious mind can make moves in silence. And I'm wondering, can you make moves in silence? Look at your neighbor and say, can you make moves in silence? Can you win without telling everybody? Can you experience victory without snapping a picture and sharing it with somebody? That's what, that's what Joshua was saying. We're making a move in silence. I need all of you to be quiet. I don't need you to utter a word. I don't need you to say anything. Because sometimes we say words that talk us out of our own success. Sometimes our mouth leads us into losing. Our mouth causes us to fail. Our mouth will lead us and say words that are in contradiction of what God is trying to do in our lives. So sometimes God is saying, I need you to be silent and let me move. Sometimes the problem is we're moving our mouth and then God stops moving because he said, I told you to be silent. So if you want to move your mouth, you keep moving your mouth. And God said, I'm going to be still. And then when you stop moving your mouth, then I'll move. I want to give that to somebody. God, so that's what God is saying to somebody. That's what he's saying. Even here, he's saying, I will help you move. I'll help you get to where you need to go. But the only thing, the only thing, the impediment here is you moving your mouth. When you stop moving your lips, God said, I'll move. So, so Joshua, to this large group of people, that, that, that in itself to me is a miracle. That he's talking to hundreds of thousands of people, telling them to be silent and to move in silence. And then they actually did what God had commanded them to do. It's difficult for me to imagine that happening today. They moved in silence. Do not talk. Don't have to tell everybody how blessed you are. Let them call you blessed. I'm blessed and highly favored. Baby, if you have to keep saying that, I'm wondering. Somebody, you shouldn't have to tell me. I should be able to see you and see that you're blessed. And highly favored. Don't call yourself blessed. This is what the words are. Let other people call you blessed. Let other people call you favorite of God. See, the thing is, losers talk all the time. You can't get losers to shut up. They talk all the time. Sometimes, you, as many of you know in your life right now, some of the people who've done the least for you know the least, have the least. Doing the least got the most to say. Think about your family cookout. <laughs> Who doing the most talking? <laughs> but what, what I'm saying is that victorious people can move in silence. And even then, guess, guess what? You can't even make them talk. The victorious person can stand around a group of people who are losing, who are not winning. They can talk all day. And the person with the victorious mindset can keep silent. Because sometimes you know what the devil wants to do? He wants you to move outside of your strategy. God gave them a strategy. The strategy was for them to move and not talk. So guess what? When you're supposed to be moving in silence, God, the, the devil will send people into your life that will try and get you to talk. Get you to open your mouth and literally talk your way out of your destiny. Don't forget the strategy. Don't forget what God said. Don't forget God's command because what? Obedience is greater than sacrifice. It's better to be obedient to what God told you and hold to the strategy that he gave you for this time in your life. And if he told you to be quiet, don't be saying, don't, don't give excuses. But you don't understand. They were getting on my nerves. God said, be silent. You don't understand. They were bragging and acting like their life was all that and this. And they were trying to make me look small. God said, be silent. But God, I was just trying to prove my point. God said, do you want to prove your point or do you want to have victory? I said, be silent. Don't forget the strategy. Always be obedient to what God told you to do. Sometimes when things losers talk about, they talk about people who are winning. They talk them down. 
that sometimes it seems like even when you do things that seem obviously right, people will still talk about you. You trying to eat healthy. Who, who, who are you trying to be? You trying to be skinty? You ain't, you ain't all that. Who are you trying to be? You trying to, you trying to go to school. Oh, you smarter, you trying to be smarter than me then, huh? Trying to get another degree. You trying to be smart? See, like any, anything that you do, even positive, people have negative things to say about it. That is a losing mentality. And the thing about it is, if you keep hanging around a losing mentality, you will adopt that as your own way of thinking. Many of you right now, you say things that your friends say. You take on phrases that other people say. You'll hear yourself saying something, you'll be like, oh, I don't even say that. It's because you hang around people that say that. Caught myself one day, it was about eight, nine years ago now, I said, Hanging around a group of kids that I work with almost every day. Then one day I heard myself saying, I said that because they said it. You adopt the, the language and the mindset of the people that you hang around. So you have to be careful who you're hanging around. Because you'll adopt that mindset. You'll adopt that mentality. You'll adopt that verbiage. And then you'll literally be speaking into your life things that your friends say. You'll be speaking into your life things that the people around you say. And you need to be careful who you surround yourself with, not because of them, because of you. Sometimes you, I, I'm telling you, you need to watch who your friends are. You need to watch who your group is. You're, you're, you're thinking, well, he's speaking evil of them. No, I, I'm doing this to protect you because you have to preserve your own mentality. You have to preserve your own obedience to God. And if God is telling you to be silent, if you keep hanging around that group, you're going to violate what God told you to do. Can you move in silence? Haters talk about winners. Haters talk about and, and run down anything that you try to do. Sometimes, even if you're doing a lot, uh, sometimes you can notice those who do a lot of talking aren't doing a lot of winning. You notice rich people don't talk about how rich they are. How about really rich people, really wealthy people? Don't talk about how wealthy they are. You can see how wealthy they are. Other people talk about how wealthy they are. Even, I take, give, give you this, people, people who are smart, who are intelligent, they don't talk about how smart they are. People notice their intelligence, and they talk about that. Even criminals, the best criminals, they don't talk about all the crimes they're committing. Come on now. The best criminals, let me give you this. The best criminals out there right now, you don't even know their name. Because you don't know they're committing crimes. Because <laughs> they're not talking about it. Come on in here now. What I'm saying is that even in being successful, you have to watch how much you talk. Watch what you say. Watch what you share with other people. Have you ever been in a position, and I, you don't have to raise your hand, have you ever overshared and you realized your mistake later? You overshared, I just raised my hand. Overshared, talked too much. Shared something with somebody I thought I could trust, then later found out I couldn't trust them. Then later, and, and, but what you need to understand is, so you know what, I'm going to help somebody right now. Stop blaming them, you need to blame yourself. You need to blame yourself. Because if they're not trustworthy, guess what? God knew that. If you didn't know it, God knew it. So then the question is, did God give me permission to share with them what he had told me? And the answer is probably no. So all these years I've been blaming them for being untrustworthy when I should have blamed myself for being disobedient. It's hard, that's hard to swallow, but it's the truth. Instead of me focusing on how I can't trust them and I, I've run them down and I'm upset at them and, I, and I'm mad at them. I didn't understand that it was the strategy of the devil to put me in a position where I would be disobedient to what God told me. God was telling me to be quiet. And I allowed my flesh to take over. And I spoke out of turn. And I literally talked myself out of what God was trying to do for me. Don't be mad at them. Make sure that you are obedient. God won't have you sharing your business with people that you cannot trust. Blame me. It's time to blame 
ourselves. It's time to look in the mirror. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, look in the mirror. Bragging about your position may interfere with you winning. Bragging about your position might interfere with you winning. Ever seen an athlete that celebrates too early? There's some videos out there, some videos where you see a lot of times it happens, particularly in football. You'll see a, a guy and he's he 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 made a he's making a play and he got the ball and he's trying to dance into the end zone and before he knows it, the defender comes and slaps the ball out of his head. Then he doesn't score the touchdown because he celebrated to her. There's a kind of viral video out there now. There's a man, I forgot what baseball team he runs for. They call him Mr. Freeze. He's real fast. I mean, this guy, he put, they even got a little costume where he, he gives you like a 20, 30-yard head start. And then he doesn't even start until you're 20, 30 yards ahead of him. Then he starts running because he's that fast. Shows a video of him. The guy gets a head start. Mr. Freeze is just sitting there. Let's him get about 30 yards ahead of him, then he starts running. The guy gets towards the finish line. He looks around, doesn't see anybody. He starts raising his hands. He's like, yeah, I'm winning. I won. Right as he's raising his hand and turning to the crowd, Mr. Freeze runs right behind him and by him. And then as he looks, funniest thing about the video, he looks to the side, and as he sees himself getting past, he stumbles and falls on, on the ground. Celebrated too early. Thought he had won. Then he lost because he's sitting there celebrating. Baby, when you know you're winning, you don't have to waste your time demonstrably celebrating in front of other people. So, let me tell you this. Sometimes celebrate by yourself. Celebrate by yourself in your house by yourself. I can celebrate in my house by myself with no pictures. I don't need somebody liking it on Facebook to be happy. Because if I, if my happiness is contingent upon somebody else liking what I'm doing, then you're not happy. You're not, you're not experiencing real joy. Real joy occurs, I guess for, to my scientific people, real joy occurs in a vacuum. If nobody else is around, if nobody else praises you, if nobody else applauds you, if nobody else likes you, if you don't have any pictures to show what you did, real joy can happen while you're by yourself. I wish I had some, some, some folks in here with me because some of you have been around in situations where people were surrounding you. There are plenty of people around you, but you were still depressed. Lots of people around you, but you still felt alone and by yourself. Real joy can be experienced in a vacuum. It can just be me and Jesus. That's why the songwriter said it. As long as I've got King Jesus, I don't, I don't need, I don't need nobody else. As long as I have Jesus, I can celebrate by myself with Jesus. And sometimes you're giving away stuff. You're giving away stuff by talking too much. Some people talking about, girl, my, my, my husband is fine. My husband is, is cooking. My husband is cleaning. You got pictures. You putting it on Instagram and Facebook. And then all of a sudden, somebody's like, mm, he, he is fine. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, they start dressing different. Hey, how you doing? Somebody trying to take your good thing because you advertising it on social. Come on here with me. You advertising on social media. Taking all these pictures of your vacation. Hey, we in the Bahamas. We enjoying ourselves. Look how, look how clear the water is. You taking pictures of your whole family. And somebody who lives next to them like, mm, they're not at home. They got a big TV in their house. <laughs> Why are you out? See, you about to ruin your good thing trying to show everybody how good you have it. Can you win in silence? And you experience victory in South. Next thing I want to get to, and I have to close here. It says, I want to talk about victorious people are not, are not petty. They're not petty. Let me tell you this. Joshua 3 and 4, you shall mark, 6, 3 and 4, you shall march around the city, all the men going to war around the city at once. Thus shall you do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. See, some of y'all would have got confused because you didn't participate in your part of the strategy. You didn't have a special role 
in the strategy. See, some people get upset because they want to be in a certain position to participate in the victory. They want to have a certain role. They want to sit in a certain seat. They said the seven priests can, can blow the seven horns. I, I can hear some of us saying, if it, if it was us, be like, man, psh, I play that horn better than they do. Man, I, I had lessons. I'm a professional. Why are they letting him blow? I, I can blow. I can, now, I can blow some horn. Why are they letting him do it? Why are, they, why are they letting them shout? Why are they letting them talk? Why are they letting them get in line first? Yeah. I'm older than they were. I was born first. Why can't I be this place? Sometimes we get so petty that we lose our opportunity for victory because we're so petty. When you're all going to win... It doesn't matter where you sit. It doesn't matter where you stand. It doesn't matter what role you play. Because in playing your role, guess what the importance of playing a role is? Playing a role means I'm being obedient. Means I'm being obedient to what God is telling me. If I don't play my role, if I don't play my position, I can compromise the victory. You remember Achan? Remember Achan after Jericho that the, the, the children of Israel went up to Ai right, Ai right after this, our text. They go up and they're defeated. Joshua's trying to find out why they're not, why they have been defeated. And God said there was one of you who took of the accursed thing, the thing that was supposed to be dedicated to me. One man took of the accursed thing and caused them to lose at Ai because he was disobedient. Because he didn't play his role, because he didn't stay in his position, because he was too petty to be obedient to the strategy. That's why it's so important. They said the Bible says, be not only equally yoked with unbelievers. We're so focused on this being us being a Christian and the person. And we think of it in the context of marriage. You need to watch it in friendships. Who am I linking up with in friendships? Who am I talking to? Who am I? Who am I sharing my plans with? Who am I sharing my life with? Who am I in the boat with? Am I in the boat with Jonah? I don't want to be in the boat with Jonah. I don't want to go to war with Achan. Why? Because he's disobedient. He doesn't follow the plan. He doesn't play his role. He doesn't stay in his position. And I'm compromising victory by hanging out with petty people who are too worried about looking good than winning. I can't deal with people who are too busy looking good, focusing on looking good rather than winning. I'd rather win than look good. I'd rather have, have victory than cute pictures for Instagram. Because some of the people y'all are jealous of, on oh, they so cute, oh, that, those clothes are so nice, some of them are broke. And you praying for the wrong thing. Lord, I, I, I want what they have. Baby, they broke. What they have is on their body. I, oh, relationship goals. I want their, some of them on the brink of divorce. Some of them don't talk to each other, don't like each other. They just take pretty pictures for Instagram. They have a social media relationship, but they don't have a real relationship. You, you, you praying and, and idealizing things because of what it looks like. We focus on what it looks like rather than being obedient. But baby, if I'm obedient to God, I'll possess the land. If I do what God tells me to do, if I go where God tells me to go, then everywhere my feet shall trot. God will give it to me. God will allow me to possess it if I'm obedient to what God tells me. I cannot worry about being petty. I can't worry about positions. I can't worry about who's in front of line. I, I cannot worry about that because I know that God will give me the victory. Robert Ory. Some of you know him. Some of you don't. He's not a familiar, as familiar a name as maybe this generation. Robert Ory, basketball player, NBA basketball player. He was a good, solid basketball player. He was never the greatest player on his team. But Robert Ory has seven NBA championships. He has seven rings. Wasn't the greatest player, but you know what he was good at? He knew how to play his role. He knew how to play his position. 
He didn't go out there and take 30 shots, but you know what they called him anyway? He didn't take 20 shots a game, but they called him Big Shot Rob. Because when the game was on the line, Robert Ory had a penchant for making big time three-point shots. Many times he won the game by taking one shot. He didn't take 20 shots. He didn't take 30 shots. Why? Because that was not his role. But when it was time for him to take a big shot, there he was wide open. And you know the reason he was wide open? is because he didn't shoot all the time. I want you to get that. They left him open because they didn't anticipate that he'd keep shooting. But just when they focused on the people who took all the shots, big game that he took, I think it was the Sacramento Kings and, a, and they were playing the Los Angeles Lakers. Everybody's focused on Shaquille O'Neal. Everybody's focused on the late great Kobe Bryant. And while they're double teaming and, and triple teaming these guys, guess who's sitting behind the three-point line wide open? Big shot Rob. The ball bounces to him and he makes a three-pointer that wins the game. Why? He knew his role. He understood his place. He was not petty. He understood his position. And he's like, I don't have to shine the most. But guess what? When we win, we all get rings. We all get rings. I, I don't have to take the most shots. I don't have to be the highest scorer. He never was the MVP of the series. But if I play my position, I'll get my reward. I'll get my ring. I want you to get this, and I want you to understand something else. I want, I want two, of my, two of my bonus sons to come, come here. Come here, Micah and Mason. Come up here real quick. I'm going to give you this demonstration. I'm going to finish. I'm beyond my time, but I still want to give you this. Come here, gentlemen. Micah, I want you to stand right here. Mason, I want you to come back here. For all into, well, stand here, brother. I want everybody to be able to see you. You're looking good. Everybody look at, it, look at them. Focus on them for a moment. For all intents and purposes, Micah is first. Micah's in front. Micah's taller. Micah's bigger. Micah, people might feel that Micah is in the position of favor. I don't want Micah to represent for many of you how you look at other people, how you look at people who you think are more successful than you are, how you look at people who you think are doing better than you, how you look at people who you feel keep winning even while you feel like you're losing. You feel like Mason right now because I'm blocking you. You're behind. You're shorter. You're not as big. You're being blocked. Doesn't seem like you're in the right position. I want you to focus on Micah for a minute because that's how we look many times at other people. The thing about it is, you know what both of these are doing and Mason is doing? Despite me blocking him, despite him being behind me, and despite me not even having talked about him, he's standing where I told him to stand. So he's being obedient. He's staying in the position that God put him. And you know the thing about it? No matter where Micah is, God knows where he's delivering your blessing. If you don't get anything else, I want you to get that. God knows exactly where he's delivering your blessing. No matter what it looks like. Looks like he's in a position of favor. Looks like he's in a better place. And while you're focusing on what it looks like, God knows where I'm delivering the blessing. And I'm delivering Mason's blessing where I told him to stand. I told him to stand here. So no matter if somebody looks like they're in front of him, the blessing's coming where I told him to stand. No matter if it looks like somebody got their blessing first, his blessing is coming where I told him to stand. Doesn't matter if they got pictures on social media and everybody is jealous of them and everybody's talking about them. God said your blessing is coming where I told. I wish somebody were in here with me where I told you to stand. Thank you, gentlemen. Give them a hand. What I I need you to understand, what I, I need you to get is that I'm not.
not chasing somebody else's blessing. I don't have to chase somebody else's favor. All I need to do is stand where God told me to stand. They got a new car before I did it. I'm not chasing that. I'm going to stand where God told me to stand. Their life is Facebook fabulous, but baby, I'm not chasing that. I'm going to stand where God told me to stay. They got a promotion before I did. That's all right, baby. I'm going to clap for them. I'm going to be happy for them. But you know, I'm going to clap from the position where God told me to stand. Armor is heavy. You know, armor is heavy. So when he says, take into thee the whole armor of God. I'm not putting on the armor to run. I'm putting on the armor to stand. Take into thee the whole armor of God so that you might not be able to run, not be able to chase, but be able to stand in the evil day. Everyone stand to your feet, put those hands together and give God a praise for his word on this morning. Give God praise for his word. I'm encouraging somebody right now where you are. In your God-given position. Let me make this clear. I'm talking about your God-given position. I'm not talking about where you put yourself. Because if you know you're in a place where you put yourself, then you know you need to move to where God told you to be. But if you're in your God-given position, if you're where God told you to be, if you're occupying the space that God said is yours, I need you to be comfortable in that position. I need you to get comfortable there. I need you to fight for that where God told you you're going to be. I need you to fight for the space that God told you to occupy. Put on the whole armor of God. Be prepared for what other people look like. Because it's just appearances. A lot of times it's a mirage. And let me get and let me give you this. Even when people are being successful doing what God told them to do, you following them is disobedience. That's disobedience. Because God didn't tell you to do what they did. He gave you a set of instructions for you to follow. I need to stay where God told me I need to be. Because there's a blessing in being obedient. For anything of a victorious mindset is that you have to stick to your strategy. Strategy that God gave you, whatever God told me to do, wherever God told me to be. Because it's different for everybody. Some people pray in the morning, some people pray in the afternoon, some people pray at night, some people pray all during the day. People pray different ways. But baby, whatever your strategy is for praying, stick with your strategy. Some people read the words. Some people listen to the words. Some people listen the day and the night. Some people watch YouTube of other people preaching and get the word that way. Whatever strategy that God gave you, you need to stick to that strategy. Don't let people discourage you from the strategy that God gave you. Don't Don't let them discourage you. Because God gave me that strategy. You know why? Because God knows it suits me. It, it, it fits me. That's why this, 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 this relationship with Jesus Christ is a personal relationship. I have to be obedient to what God is telling me. But to hear what God is telling me, baby, I got to pray. I have to pray for myself. You know what? There are people right now, your strategy for living holy is not working because you don't pray for yourself and you're trying to follow somebody else's strategy. I want you to grab hold of that. You're not praying for yourself, so you're trying to follow somebody else's example, and their example might not work for you. People ask me about my health journey and my weight loss journey and what I do to be healthy. I tell them I do this, this, and this because it works for me. I'm not telling you to do it on your own. You can try it, but it works for me. The same thing with our relationship with Jesus Christ. God's given us a strategy, given us a plan, but you can't tune in to your own strategy. 
if you don't pray and read God's word for yourself. God. You're following somebody else's strategy. It's time to follow your strategy. It's time to follow God's plan for your life. Think of it this way. Perfect example of what I'm saying. God sent David to fight Goliath with a slingshot and five smooth stones. That was his strategy. Saul tried to give David his breastplate. He tried to give him his armor. He tried to give him his sword. Saul was much bigger and larger than David. David said, I can't even hold up this armor. David said, I, I, can't, even, I can't even wield this, this sword. David would have lost to Goliath had he tried to follow Saul's strategy. He had to trust and pray to God. The same strategy that worked with the bear. And the same strategy that worked with the lion. God's going to allow that strategy to work with this Philistine. Please, if you get nothing else, you have to pray. You have to read God's word. And I promise you, God will give you a victorious strategy that will work in your own life. If you'll bow your heads, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your mercy and grace that has allowed us and propelled us to this destiny moment. Lord, somebody right now, these words are, are coming into their heart, into their mind, afresh and new. Lord, almost as if a first impression, as if they've never heard the word before. Lord, prick their heart and their mind. Lord, allow them to follow your path of prayer, Lord. Follow your path of consecration, Lord. Follow your path of reading your word. So that they'll be in tune with the strategy that they, that you have for them. Lord, give them the strength and the courage to follow that strategy. To be obedient to your word. That you might propel them to the place that you'd have them to be. That they might experience good success. That I, they might see victory in Jesus that they may adopt a victorious mindset to do even greater things for you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. For those of you who've been watching us virtually, we pray that you have been blessed by what you've heard. And we pray that you will live with encouragement, that you will live with faith and expectation, that you'll live with a victorious mind until we shall see you again. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise.